Welcome to the Living Epistle Podcast, the place where you will find biblical principles to help you live out your faith on a daily basis and to have a positive impact on the lives of others. So get ready for another powerful episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Hello, my name is Tony Miles, and welcome to this week's episode of Living Epistle Podcast. It should come as no surprise to anyone that this week's podcast will focus on the most important event in our Christian faith, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Even as I release this podcast, we are observing Good Friday. This is the day when believers around the world commemorate what Christ did for us on Calvary. Or another term you'll hear is Golgotha. Calvary is Latin for meaning bald head or skull. Golgotha is the Aramaic term and it means skull. So anyway, that's just a side note. But if you'll hear it as Calvary or you'll hear it as the hill on Golgotha, both the same location. Jesus bore the sin of humanity, not sins, the sin. In other words, that sin nature, Jesus bore the sin nature of all humanity and willingly laid down his life in our place. And if you'll recall my podcast from last week, when I talked about justice, right? If you'll remember, justice demands that there is death for the remission of sin or for the forgiveness of sin. That's what justice demands. And so we absolutely, absolutely want to recognize what Jesus did for us on Calvary. And that's why we call it, quote, Good Friday, end quote. It was good because his sacrifice was sufficient for all of humanity, for each and every one of us. So it was really good for us that Jesus did what he did on Calvary. But thank God, thank God, our Savior didn't stay there. He rose on that third day with all power in his hands, as the scripture tells us. And so because he was victorious over sin and death, we too can be victorious over sin and death. And so in other words, because Christ has the victory over sin and death, so do we when we identify with him, when our lives are hidden in him, we are victorious in this life. And so that is why we celebrate the resurrection and not Easter. And and I hear you. I hear you. So 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 what is the problem with Easter? OK, well, let me be clear. I'm not saying that we have to be legalistic or dogmatic when we hear people using that term. I mean, when we hear others using that term, it's OK because they don't know what I'm saying, though, is and we don't want to get offensive and we don't want to, you know, just come at them hard. But what I'm saying is it can be. And that's where we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. It can be an opportunity for us to help people grow in their knowledge of the significance of the resurrection over Easter or the significance of the resurrection versus Easter. Right. And so here's why. Let me give you a little historical perspective. In most centuries in Europe, I'm sorry, in most countries in Europe, the name for what Americans call Easter is derived from the Jewish festival of the Passover. All right. And so you guys remember the story of the Passover. The Passover commemorates 
um, the 10th and final plague that God rang down on Egypt. And that was for the death of the um, the, 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 the firstborn um, son. Right. Uh, in everything, cattle, uh, humans, everything. But what God said is if he sees if the death angel sees the lamb, the blood of the blood of the lamb sprinkled over the doorpost, the death angel would pass over. Right. The house. And so the death angel would pass over and hence the term Passover. And so that is, tradition is still um, uh, observed today uh, by our Jewish brethren. They still observe the Passover in Hebrew. It's called Pasha or Pashak. Uh, either one uh, is, is how it's pronounced. And so in the Greek, the feast is called Pashka. In Italian, it's called Pasqua. In Danish, it's called Pasch. In French, it's called Pach. Again, all relating to the Passover. But here, just as a side note, if you guys will recall, Jesus was a Jew, right? And so as much he was in Jerusalem observing the Passover. And so the Last Supper, that thing that we talk about or that we know of or that we heard uh, or that we understand from Scripture as the Last Supper was actually Jesus having his Seder meal. And again, I went to school with a bunch of um um, Jewish people of the Jewish faith. And that was a big deal. The Seder meal was this big ritualistic dinner where they said a prayer and they recounted the story of the Jews coming out of Egypt. And so, again, Jesus was having his last supper um, with his disciples. And this was happening on sundown on Thursday evening. And so Jesus's last supper or his last Seder meal, his arrest, his trial and his execution all occurred during the observance of Passover. And again, all we have to do is go back to scripture and refer to that. Um, you guys will recall that that was one of the big things is that uh, the Pharisees and all of them wanted to do things before the Passover, before sundown. Right. So, again, just um, to give some historical perspective. And so that's why you have uh, uh, the Passover and the resurrection season all occurring around the same time. However, in English speaking countries and in Germany, um, Easter takes its name from a pagan goddess named Estera or Astra or Ostera or Yostra, right? E-O-S-T-R-E. Sometimes you'll see it as O-S-T-R-A. But either way, it's E-O-S-T-R-E, Ostra or Ostera. And so Ostera or Ostra was a goddess of spring or renewal. And that's why her feast is attached to the vernal equinox. All right. So what's the vernal equinox? The vernal equinox is the first day of spring. And that's when there is an equal amount of daylight, i.e. an equal amount of hours of sunlight or daylight and an equal amount of darkness. Hence the term vernal and then equinox. And it's the official end of winter and the official beginning of spring. And so FYI, just as a side note, the same thing happens in the fall. You have the autumnal equinox when there's an equal amount of daylight and an equal amount of darkness. And the autumnal equinox is the official end of summer and the beginning of the fall season. Anyway, that's just a side note. But in Germany, the festival is called Ostern and the goddess is called Ostara. Right. So that's where we get this term. But anyway, the the it, it was a pagan uh, goddess of 
uh, renewal or spring or new beginnings. And so many of the pagan customs associated with the celebration of this spring festival as spring ritual eventually became absorbed within Christianity as symbols of the resurrection of Jesus. And so the egg as a symbol of new life became uh, a common people's experience explanation of the resurrection. And so again, after the chill of winter and months uh, where nature was kind of dormant, now we see in the spring it's coming alive again. And so the egg became one of the symbols that people tried to use to explain about the resurrection. And then during the Middle Ages, the Middle Ages were from about 500 AD to about 1500 AD, right? People began decorating eggs and then eating the eggs as a treat following Mass on Resurrection Sunday after the fasting season or after the Lent season. So they began to decorate the eggs and then they began to eat them. So that's a little bit about the egg. So where does the rabbit or the hare come in? And then the rabbit or the hare uh, are also, hare, H-A-R-E, are also associated with fertility, right? And with the symbols linked to the goddess um, Ostra or Ostra, right? And so um, this is where Ostra, just uh, FYI, E-O-S-T-R-E, is also where we get the words estrus, right? When we're talking about animals being in heat or in their reproductive season. Um, or And also the term estrogen, again, which is a female hormone uh, that plays an important role in the normal sexual and reproductive development in women. So that's where that term um, estrogen, estra, estrus comes from, um, ostra, right? And so then in the early 18th century, the hare or the rabbit and the egg somehow got linked together. And it was a folklore that was developed that the hare, uh, another or bunny, a hare with high colored eggs and that children would hunt for them. And that's where we get our modern day Easter egg hunt. And so on the surface, right, this may sound cute. It may sound funny, but it's another way that the enemy tries to deceive us and tries to get our focus off of what is the significance of what Christ did during this season. So from a spiritual perspective, he wants us to take our focus off of the resurrected Savior. Here's the crazy part, though. From a purely biological and scientific perspectives, hares or rabbits, they don't lay eggs. So even in terms of just a, a pure common sense or biological or scientific perspective, it, it literally just makes no sense. And so, right. And so, again, that's how far we uh, accept some of these myths or some of these traditions and some of these um, these customs that just n don't make any sense, but we've come to accept them. And so now here we are at Easter. It has become a major commercial holiday in the U.S. You know, uh, they're greeting cards and chocolate bunnies and chocolate eggs and marshmallow chicks and Easter eggs hunts. And, you know, the story and, and going out and buying clothes and all that thing, particularly in the in the African-American community. And it has become a multi-million dollar holiday. And so, again, Easter remains uh, the name by which the English, Germans and Americans refer to the festival of Jesus Christ's resurrection. They call it Easter. And so Satan knows if he can get us to focus on the fun, the cute, the cuddly, the eggs, the bunnies, all of this stuff, all of these um, aspects of Easter, then we won't focus on the major reason and the hope for our faith, which is none other than our resurrected Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so uh, the purpose of this week's podcast is, again, not to condemn 
But it really is for us to be informed and to be aware and to make us um, not let the holiest day of our walk, of our faith, of our lives, of the hope that is within us is to not allow it to be hijacked by the world or by Satan. And I'll just make a uh, a little uh, point here as well. And I'll say, and that's the same for Christmas as well. And you guys know my, my take on that, uh, again, is one of these things where it's not about a man in a red suit or anything like that, but I'll save that for another day. But even more than Christmas, this is the reason for which Jesus was born into the earth was so that he could come, that he could die on Calvary, but more importantly, that he would get up. And so, what God did for us at Calvary and what he did for us in a couple of days in terms of raising his son from the grave is way too important and is way too precious for our faith not to be guarded and not to look for opportunities so that when people say, again, I'll use this analogy as if you guys have heard me say before, when people say to me, happy holidays, I say Merry Christmas. So I would encourage you that as people say, you know, happy Easter, it's okay. Don't be nasty or rude. But just say to them, yeah, happy Resurrection Sunday, just to make the point and begin to say that. So and then if people were to ask you, you have a reason to explain why you say the resurrection versus Easter. So here it is, the proof of his resurrection and the proof of why we call it Resurrection Sunday. Mark chapter 16, verses five through six from the New King James Version. And entering the tomb, they, they being Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome, saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. So here it is. They went again. It was Passover. It was sundown. They couldn't do any work at sundown on Passover. So now they're coming the next day to go ahead and finish preparing his body. And he's not there. And so here's the thing. The resurrection. What is it that we get? Why is the resurrection so important to our faith? It is essential to our faith. First Corinthians chapter 15 verses 21 and 22. And it reads for as by a man came death by a man has come the resurrection of the dead for as in Adam all die. So in Christ shall all be made alive. Remember the penalty for sin is death, but Jesus paid the penalty in full. And so now, as I mentioned earlier, because he paid the penalty in full, but he also is alive again, we too will die with him in him, but we too will become alive again. And you said, that's great, Tony, but what about for right now? What about for now? So let's, let's talk about right now. First Peter chapter one, verses three through four. And it reads, blessed be the God and the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, there's his the mercy again. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance ah, that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Family, 
We celebrate the resurrection because God has promised us an inheritance. That is, the word says imperishable. Imperishable meaning everlasting, meaning enduring, meaning eternal. This promise that he has for us, this inheritance that he has for us, the word says it's undefiled. Undefiled meaning pure, meaning clean, meaning unpolluted. And the word says that it is unfading. Unfading means it's not diminishing. It's not withering. It means that it won't fade with time, but it will withstand the test of time. And so that is why we celebrate the resurrection and not Easter because because of the resurrection, because of what Jesus did at Calvary, because he got up, though, even more importantly, again, we can live victorious lives no matter what obstacles come our way, no matter what challenges we face, no matter what the world, sin, the devil throws our way. Right. We have the victory. And because Jesus got up, we have the victory. So there is no one more worthy of the glory. There's no one more worthy of the honor. There's no one more worthy of the praise, especially as we commemorate and celebrate. Even more importantly, we commemorate and we recognize, but we also celebrate the fact that he got up. And so we celebrate what God has done through his son, Jesus Christ. And so I pray that your families and you have a wonderful, a blessed resurrection celebration. This is Tony Miles. And remember, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary, use words. Thanks for listening. Now go and be a living epistle. Join us again next week for another episode of Living Epistle Podcast. Music for Living Epistle Podcast is provided by audionautics.com.